It is 8 o'clock on Wednesday night, and I am back here at J-Root, where I love so much to be, and I missed so much over the summer. But I'm back. I'm back. Baruch Hashem. Chaz Hashem. We have to thank Hashem for everything, especially great things like this. Well, it's 8 o'clock, and it's Simcha and Nisim here in the studio, and this is a new year. We're coming upon a new Shana. Roshana Elul, and we have so much planned, and we want to make this the year of the J-Root child. That's what we want to do. I want to make this the year where we get every kid involved, and we bring the kids out and bring their voice out and bring their opinions out and get them to be saying what they need to say, hearing what they need to hear, that's what I want to do on my show, and I want to do with the possibility of this great, great, great station, and that's what we're going to do, and we're going to have a much more focused show with topics, but the main theme that we're going to do and we're going to look at is I want kids that have questions to call up. I want you to ask kids if you have a situation, call up. There's so many kids that get helped by just asking. And there's no situation that's too too, too minor. There's no situation that's silly. If it's something that's bothering you, then you should call up. and Let's see what we could do to help you because that's really what it's all about. And you know what? Sometimes you have this thing and it seems like it's such a big thing. But the truth is, once you talk it out and you ask about it, it really with help, it can really turn into a small thing, and it can really just go away, and it's it's like really, really, really important. And this is uh, some Cohen, and the number to call in is 718-683-5858. It's 718-683-58, and it's uh, jroot.com, Simcha, on the air with Nisim. And everybody's starting school in a few days, and I'm sure there's like mixed emotions, and what I wanted to talk about tonight was anxiety, which is nervousness. I want anybody that's feeling nervous about something before they're going to school to call up, tell us what it is, and let's see if we can help you with it. Because the truth is, if you could take care of that anxiety before you start, then you could start ahead of the game. And if there's something, if there's a situation, sometimes you could solve a situation before you start, and it can make everything so much better. So the number is 718-683-5858. I remember when I was a kid, there was one teacher that had a terrible reputation. And I had I had, had run-ins with this teacher before. And I was going into class with this new teacher. And I didn't know what to do. And I was very nervous because I was always able to like get myself through situations. But I really didn't feel I was going to be able to get it, get through it with this teacher. And I didn't deal with it beforehand, and it made me so anxious the day of school. And I never really was anxious going to school. I was never nervous going to school. But that day of school, I was so nervous. And and I had what to be nervous for because when I got to school, the teacher looked at me and said, Oh, my gosh, you? Oh, this is going to be a really, really fun year. But the fact is, if there's anything like that, if there are kids that you're worried about seeing 
if there are kids that bullied you last year and you're worried about going back to school and seeing them again, if you go in with a plan and you go in with the way of dealing with it beforehand, then you can make it all that much different and probably better. Um, and we could talk it through. It's uh, 718-683-5858. If you want to text, it's 347-927-8398. That's 347-927-8398. Now, if you want to listen live on the radio, okay, you can call up 712-432-4217. You can listen live on your phone. Um, we have such technology nowadays. There's like literally every way possible that you could get a hold of the station when it's on. But it's we're live tonight as opposed to how many weeks was it, DC? You haven't even said a word. What? How many weeks has it been that we haven't been on? Oh, no, you've been on, um, but the I recording. I have been yeah, live. Okay, it's like uh, seven, it's seven, seven, seven weeks. Seven weeks. I never yeah. spent that much time away. But I'll tell you something. I, you know what? It just leads me to appreciate things more. And and that's that's the truth. So, um, how was your summer? My summer was. Should I tell you the, the honest truth? It was miserable. I had a horrible summer because my children go to camp. I want them to go to camp. I kill myself so they should go to camp. And my family is. We go to a bungalow colony with the most wonderful people in the world. But I am a, a guy who's ashrei ashrei v'techa. That's me. I like to have my minyan, my seat. I like to have my rabbi who's always there. I see him in the morning, shaharit. I like to have my my steady regimen and my seder. And when I'm disrupted, it just bothers me. If I don't pray at the same time every morning, it bothers me. And if I wake up to an empty house, it bothers me. And I felt like my ruach was was was. So, so in the small world, is it depressing a little bit? It was depressing. I don't get depressed and because the truth is, it was it was empty. It was empty. I know the feeling. I know. Yeah. I want to tell you, it's it's funny and it's so true that my my, my twins boys just graduate. Oh my gosh! All the summer there was and in the camps, you know, and the house is empty. They the, the youngest one, you know. And they come not even 24 hours, and they move to Yeshiva. That's right. The Bet Midrash. That's right. And we took them to the Bet Midrash, and my wife, I tell you, suddenly said, you know, as you said in Hebrew, Simon Nafal, the token just fell down, and she started crying. I said, you realize that's it, that's it. You know, these boys now is men and become the Bet Midrash, Chatuna. And we are staying again alone. That, that, that's it's, it's it's scary, and but this life, you know. In Hebrew, in Hebrew we say a gozalim afumanes. You know, right. they will fly away they from fly the away. But you know, the it's, chicks fly it's away. so funny because when I had my twins eight years ago, I thought, you know, I'm older already. I thought I was older already, and I'm having twins. I look at these two little tziporim, these two little beautiful, beautiful. Little birds, and I say, Hashem, Hashem, you had so much knew what you were doing. Not that he needs my uh, uh, my <laughs> affirmation, but Friday night I sat down. I would have nobody; it would just be my wife and I, which is great. I mean, it's fine. But I had two eight-year-olds to keep the conversation alive about about 
Narishkite and, and to play games with me, which I like to do. The, the, you know what? <coughs> you you don't preach it until you just step by step, and it's uh, it's amazing to see. How, in the beginning, I remember when my oldest one went to the yeshiva, and suddenly the house seems like even if we had another six in the house, so it's it's a empty. It's and empty. one after one, one after one, and now just only the nechadim coming. <laughs> you know, when I, I grew up in Rochester, New York, and there was no yeshiva, there was no high school, and my parents had, their, my mother was, I mean, I have a stream, she was one of three women in the city that went with head covering. Out of 20,000 Jews, three women, three rebbitzes. And they said that when the kids become high school, they're going to send them to yeshiva. And this was in 1965, maybe. And they sent my brother to Scranton, the first graduating class of Scranton, the first year it opened. And we had these these Super 8 videos, silent videos, like Charlie Chaplin videos. (laughs) Movies. It wasn't a video, it was a movie. And they're taking video. My mother and father put them on a Greyhound bus. And they're smiling and they're waving. And this, as soon as the bus pulls away, they burst out crying. They burst out crying. In front of him, he, he shouldn't know. But but to send... And, and then and then my sisters went to Bet Yaakov, Baltimore. And, and at 13, 14. That's a, the, and I'm telling you, I t- I, today we, are, we, don't, we don't see it almost, you know. But in those days, it was... And and I went went to Be'er Yaakov. They were able to come home three times a year. Yeah. Sukkot, Pesach. And we got to call once a week because it was really expensive. So 10-minute phone call on on Sunday, we used to call. And it was, how you doing? Okay, this and that, blah, blah, finished. But I'll tell you a, a, a great story. Let me just remind you, call in number 7868358858. We're talking about anxiety, but while we're talking about anxiety, I'm doing like the favorite thing in my life, which is talking to Nisim and talking to you. But there's a Galgala Chesed, how Hashem works in life. And around 25 years ago, I met somebody in Shul. I invited him over for Shabbat, whatever, for meal. We got to speak to him. I asked him what's his name. Turns out, Rabbi Steinberg, who was a principal in Baltimore, passed away very young. He passed away at 62. And he left a son, single, who was maybe 17. This was his single son, who was now at the time 23, 24. We met him. I got friendly with him. I told him my sisters went to Beisayako, Baltimore. So I knew, I heard of his father. So my wife and I were zochet to make his shiduch. So when I told my father, I made his shidduch, my father started crying tears. I said, why are you crying? He goes, because he always prayed of how he could return the chesed of Rabbi Steinberg who took care of his daughters. He gave him his daughters, his young daughters, and Mm -hmm. he took care of them like like they were his own daughters. He says, how could he ever repay a chesed? And here Hashem, from the whole Galgal, takes this guy from Baltimore, puts him in Brooklyn, ends up by my house, that's that's the way Hashem works. Hashem allows us to to to, to do things like that. But um, you know, I again talking about school. If if you go into school nervous or worried about something, it could change your whole experience. 
and is really, really important. No kid should feel uncomfortable in school. And no child, I don't care how old you are, if there's something that's making you uncomfortable, then you need to tell an adult about it. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It doesn't have to be. You know what? Even I had some kids that, that they, they didn't like to use the bathroom in school. And so they would be afraid to, to, to go. They didn't want to go to school because they have a stomachache. They have to use the bathroom. They weren't comfortable using the bathroom. I mean, I think schools need to keep the bathroom clean. But if not, but that's... And private. And private. And if you think that it's not, if that's a silly thing, it's not a silly thing. Because if that bothers you, that bothers you. And there's ways of dealing with it. And, you know, it, even even... Lunchroom. I used to be an overweight kid. I used to hate eating lunch in school because I used to feel self-conscious. People would make fun of me. And that was something. I, I So I never told anybody. I was miserable. I was miserable. And I still gained weight. I, never, I still managed to eat lunch. But but, um, but you see, this is, you, you, you're touching down a very important uh, point. The point is like this, that what we say, talk. Talk. Talk, talk, and to, I know, just especially parents, if it's not parents, if you don't feel confident, talk with a teacher, talk with a rabbi, because nobody is a prophet. We don't have prophet anymore. That's right. And we don't know what is bothering you, you know? If you don't talk and just keep quiet and keep uh, eating yourself, or this, it's not good. You know, how many kids I see that, and I know that, Oh, you you did it to me like this, and I said I'm sorry. I don't know it. I don't, I right. I, di- I didn't know why you don't say so. Right, you, you have know, to say. You have to say we are not prophet. We don't know what you're thinking about. You know, it's it's always so important to to express the feeling to to tell. Listen, you offend me. It's it's you you told me something wrong, and I I feel so you can make you know straight the start you know the the issue straight right. If you don't do it, it's 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 disaster. It really is a disaster. And you know something? I have a text someone writes. How could you give your child the feeling that you support them fully when they get into a conflict in school and you don't want them to disrespect the school? Is there a value to showing them that you respect the school even if they are wrong? Hmm. So this is a really good question. I'm just going to rephrase the question. If your child has a conflict with the school and you want to support them, but you feel that they're wrong, you feel that they're they're not correct. So I think that what I would try and do with my child, if they're having a conflict, I would try and like widen the lens a little bit and look at other areas where they're having conflict and point out to them that, you know what, that there are a lot of things that bother them. And maybe it's not just the school's one of them, but if we take care of school, there are going to be other areas that they're that they're going to be upset about. And so, try and get them to to see the value of letting things go. And when you do that, so you don't even have to get into right or wrong. When I teach my kids, or I teach kids the the, the concept of letting things go. It's, I don't have to say, you know what, even if they're wrong or even if they're right, I don't even have to get into that. But for you, yourself, you become a better person when you let things go. It's called rising above. It's called taking the higher road. 
And when you teach a kid to do that, you're validating them because you're empowering them as a person. And you're saying you're a great kid. And you're great because even when you think that you're right, you're able to walk away and leave it alone. And I think that that's, that's the way I would do it. Because the truth is, um, you, you're, you're not, you're not going to be able to resolve the right and wrong with a kid because they're feeling things on their level. Eventually, eventually, hopefully, if a kid learns to let things go, they won't be picking up on every conflict. But, uh, I want to add something. The, it, it, the question, I guess, really something, what the conflict with the school? Sometimes a teacher and a, and a child not getting out. So the, 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 the normal way is to approach, uh, first of all, approach the teacher, approach the analyst, approach, and slowly, slowly, you say if, if it's total dead end, maybe, maybe it's even good to, to change the school. But, uh, and give the confidence to your child that, uh, it, you know, don't disrespect. It's not there. It's not our way. It's not the way. And go and keep keep what you call it vita continue, because uh, as we know we spoke about it many times about Asher lot Asher slots, right? The what when when she looked back, and she become bitter and basically froze herself, and nothing moved forward. Just don't keep looking backwards. Just look look forward. And now it's a new year. Look, it's a new teacher, new rabbis, no more rot, no everything and. Uh, and it's, it will help you to see the, to see the, the, the light in the end of the tunnel if you have something, you know? 100%. I think that... I think that so all the texts that I said, welcome back. Okay, yeah. thank you. This, we, we really appreciate the text. Yeah, we really do. I, I would say that if, you're, if you feel that... If, if you, I think that, you know what, in a court of law, in a court of law, if the judge is totally wrong... And a person decides to disrespect the judge, he's put in jail. Yes. Because there are rules. Okay? There are rules. And no matter what, it doesn't make a difference. And I tell this to, to kids all the time, my kids all the time. This is something that has no rules. It doesn't matter if a rabbi is wrong or right. And But the respect is about you. When a kid acts with respect, the respect is about you. I once had a situation. I was in court with an eviction, and someone was screaming at me like a mishugana, and I didn't respond. I just looked at him, and I said, you know what? We're in public. You're angry at me. I know you're angry at me, but just leave it alone. And I said, calm down. It's okay. Everything's okay. Just leave it alone. We're not going to argue. He kept on going, and I calmed down. All of a sudden, it was, it was a, a lot of... A lot of people, because so some lady stands up and says, amen to that. I want to tell you, and she starts talking about her problems, and she says, and I'm just, I listened to you, and I'm going to calm down, and I'm going to forget about it. Then another guy stands up and says, I'm going to forget about it. So everybody starts saying how they listened to what I, I didn't realize they were all listening. So someone walks over to me and says, where do you preach? <laughs> I, said, I, said, I don't preach. I, said, Cause I thought you were a minister or something. I said, no, I'm not a minister. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And then the judge walked in. And I didn't even realize the judge heard part of it. And he it turned everything around. But the man deserved to be yelled at. By the way, he was yelling at me. He was wrong. He was wrong. We were two kipot in a courtroom, and he was wrong. But for me... To 
to to respond and for me to even tell him he was wrong would have been a disaster. I yeah. just said. I avoided this. I said, you know what? I'm not going to let this. And the other thing is that we should only let important people bother us. People that are important to us, people that mean something to us, people that don't mean something to us shouldn't be able to get to us. And you know what? If 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 it's a Rebbe, if it's a Mora, if it's a school, then we want to teach our kids respect, so we need to deal with it. We need to, as parents, we need to bring it up to the school. We need to bring it up to the teacher. And sometimes we're not going to get the response that we want. And if we... I had a situation where a Rebbe gave a response that was terrible. And I said to him, now this is what I'm going to tell my son you said. And I said, I'm going to say that you said that you feel very bad that he feels bad. And this is your rule, but you didn't want to make him feel bad, which is not what he said. But I I want my son to be able to respect him. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say the respectful thing that you should say. As a parent, I said that. And, but... You you don't you, you you know you want to teach your kids to be a little resilient. I, I want to tell you something. You're talking about uh, it's sometimes uh, it's <laughs> unfortunately I I had, I had quite a few failed out on on this issue recently, very recently. Because you, when you talk to a you know I know that I have a very short fuse. Really, <laughs> no, <that's... laughs> and I, I I'm telling you I, I had very a conversation that the person attacked me. And I, I'm ten, I repeat myself to the person that I cannot, I cannot, and I cannot. I repeat myself very, and the person doesn't accept it. You know, it's like talking to a wall. Uh, you know, but, but see, but the smartest thing to do is I have, I, I have a long fuse, but when I explode, my explosion is atomic. So I, I, I'm telling you, if my wife wasn't there. I, I I would I would do something that I I don't I didn't want to do you know just and it, it's 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 very annoying and I'm telling you I I had, I had another issue to, and this is something that really is something that's very inside in my myself you know and I cannot stand in injustice or in you know I've been I've been in a shul I've been in ben shul a chazan a young boy young boy about 13 years old, you know, probably is the first time that he is going to Shaliyah, you know, Shaliyah Tzibur, Chazan, and, um, and he starts praying, and next to him, people standing, without any shame, you know, they're talking, talking and talking, and I look at the face of the boy, he, he tried to raise, you know, to, 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 to pray, and around him, and I tell you, I knock on the table and I scream, enough, it's enough. Right. Enough, it's enough. The boy need res- you know, respect him. I'm not talking about respect the synagogue. I don't respect about this, but respect at least this young boy if you want respect. And we said, who's, who's, a, who's a, Balkavod? I'm a Chabed Right. If somebody is respect other people, you know, you will get the, you gain the respect. Right. If you don't respect other people, or what do you want to do, you know? What do you want from this? 100%. Our number, call in number is 718-683-5858. The text is 347-927-8398. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Give us a call. And, you know, I know that Laser Diamond and Israel listen to us now. That's right. That's uh, right. I didn't Oba, hear from Laser yet. And uh, 
you know, yesterday he called me Israel and I told him, you know, Nisim, you must bring the rabbi to talk with you. What you st- you, you have to talk with you know. And the, I said, okay, the rabbi will be tomorrow. Bezad Hashem, he called me. And <laughs> but you know, Israel, I, you, we know that you listen. That's right. So I'll tell you something though. Nervousness is is. I think that also every year is a new year, and it's a new opportunity for new things and and. And, and, and there's, you're you're older, and work sometimes becomes easier. People develop, or all different ages, and the main thing is whatever grade you're going into, it should come with some excitement. You know, some kids get going to seventh grade, eighth grade, whatever it is, starting high school. Kid that's starting high school, some kid putting on hat and jacket for the first time, going to walking in the street. It's very exciting. It's very exciting, and. uh I, I, re- I remember that feeling, and I think that I think that um, you know we have a few good weeks of school, like two weeks of school before the holidays, which is really important, which is really good. And um, I wanted to say, if there's any kid, and there are kids, believe it or not, that don't have a school, Whoa. sometimes you have kids that don't have a school, and I, I don't know, I don't know how strongly. I could emphasize this to anybody. Somebody, it, stay up all night. Find a way that school shouldn't start and the kid shouldn't have a school to go to. I don't care what you have to do. I don't care what you have to do. You know, Aslan Bawabe, used to come to Yeshiva of Kings Bay when I was the principal there. And he used to come with 15 public school boys. He used to go to public school. He used to pull them out. He used to write a check for their tuition. He used to put them in school. Pull them out. Just pull them out and say, don't pay a penny company. He used to cover them. Unfortunately, it's today is very tough. Really, you know, as, as, as a parent, and I know the yeshiva uh, situation also, but uh, I, found, I found it uh, sometimes very, very tough uh, and I, I, I know, I, I, I would tell you that 20 years ago, 20 years ago, you would listen, you would you would hear this sentence, if you don't pay, you could take your son to a public school? No. Never. But I'm not talking about paying. I'm talking about, no, I had no, a situation uh, yeah. in my entire career, I was a principal for tw- 13 years, okay? I threw out a boy once. Once. And we had such a diyun. We went, at the time, we asked Rav Sha'ach, what to do? And he said there was no there was no choice. We had he couldn't be in the school because of what he did. But I met him seven years ago. So we're talking about many years later. And I was so I couldn't look at him. But he walked over to me, he reminded me. I threw him out of the school, but I made him come to my office every single day for three weeks till I found him another school. He was my assistant. He was a pain in my neck. He was my assistant. He was in my office with me, ate lunch with me, sat with me, ran all my errands. I never left him a day at home feeling like he was an abandoned suitcase. And when I found a school for him, he went to the school. He went from this school to that school. I told him, you can't be in class. Fortunately, you can't be. But 
I said, I'm throwing you out of my school. I'm not throwing you out of my life. And you know something? Rejection is the absolute worst thing in the world that anybody could ever feel. And there was another kid that couldn't graduate, and he reminded me. He said, you don't even remember. Right after graduation, what did you do? I went to his house. I went to his house. I brought him some food from the graduation party. I sat with him. Rejection is the worst thing. He understood that not being at the graduation, he's now married with kids, and he told me that he understood and made a big lesson. But there's no, no, no such thing as throwing a kid out. There's no such thing. And if you know of a kid that's without a school, you have to turn the world upside down that this kid should be able to go. And we have to dive in. But you know what? But, 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 you know, the irony is, the irony is, I have once heard from, and I've seen this in, in experience, Rabbi Abraham Tversky once stood up. I was at a convention, and they left him. He was supposed to be the keynote speaker, the last one. And all the speakers beforehand spoke and spoke and spoke and spoke and spoke and spoke and spoke. And they left him at the end. So the, he's the keynote speaker, quarter to 11, is going up. So he got up there. He's a brilliant man. He says, I'm going to speak to you at a quarter to 11. Because I get now top billing quarter to 11. Everybody's tired. So what's Ishabat? He goes, I don't have more than five minutes of attention from anybody. He goes, so I'm going to tell you one thing. For every bad kid that's thrown out, there are 10 good kids that follow. And what does that mean? And I've heard it a hundred times. A kid says to me, a good kid, says, I hate this school. I said, why? But you're doing so well. He says, because, you know, they threw this kid out, they threw that kid out. The only reason why I'm here is because I'm following rules. They don't care about me. They care about the fact that I'm following rules. The second I break a rule, they're going to throw me out anyways. There's no value to me. Nobody cares about the kids here. They care about the rules. If they could throw a kid out like he's garbage, then, you know what? Then that means that there's that kids are not kids. It's just they want soldiers that follow the rules and follow in line. If they don't follow in line, then we're just going to throw them out. So the kid goes out, and he has absolutely no no connection to the school. And, and and that is that is a, that is the truth. If we don't show kids, we don't show that we that, that we care about kids. If we if we don't show that it matters. If we don't cry over our kids, then, 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 then what do we? What what lesson? What what chinuch is that? What chinuch is that? I'm sorry. And in it, there is no room. My aunt raised. A family, seven kids, in an apartment with one bedroom. The salon turned into a bedroom. They yeah. put up a sardine. They had boys on one side, girls on one side, and the older girl slept on the mirpeset. So she just wore like a coat when she slept. And they got married, and they had no room. And when I went to visit her, there was room somewhere. Someone slept in the kitchen. And you know what? Everybody was happy. Everybody was happy. Yes, but the, uh, you know the, because the, we're talking about the more, more <laughs> I would say to the adults right now than the kids. But uh, I, I want we want to talk about the kids during the coming the you know stepping first time in the, the in the door of the school. 
I want to know if there's one a kid that's going to a new school this year. Is there anybody out there that's going to a new school? I'd like to hear, like, are you excited? Are you nervous? Are we curious? 718-683-5858. Oh, Texas. Or Texas. 927-8398. Right? If you're going to a new school, the best thing to do is find someone you know that's going yes. there. That's the best thing. Or try and hook up, even if you don't know, just at least meet a few people before you go there. So you walk in, you're not like walking in totally strange. Thanks God, you know, most of our kids going in the summer to camps and all right. this place, it is already integrated with other other schools. Right. And I know from my, my children that they know so many kids from other, other yeshivas, right. other places. And uh, the world is so small today. It really is. Uh, you, you're, you're amazed. I'm telling you, I, take, I took my, my kids to the to Bet Midrash. It's like they know everybody over there. It really you is know, very small. It was in this camp, and this was in this camp, and I was here, you know, all this. Everybody knows everybody. And not only from Brooklyn, I'm talking about all over. Yeah. yeah from Baltimore, from Texas, all this. Right. Oh, Texas. You know what? Wow, this is something. I was dabbing. I was dabbing. I saw it starting to happen. I said, you know what? Laman Hashem, please. I, I don't care who I'm watching. This is before I found out about the Jewish community. Just the, the human beings to see what goes on, see how displaced like that. It's so heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. I tell you, it's heartbreaking to see all these uh, places that, you know, they built their life over there and that's basically uh, demolished. Everything, everything is the, it's the, gone. underwater, gone, you know. It's so, uh, you know, I'm trying to think about our our place, you know, like, for example, Brooklyn. And we see what kind of miracles. We spoke about it in the synagogue in this morning, you know. And one guy said, in Brooklyn, it cannot be. He said, why? Because we have a lot of Torah. And this is true. And, you know, remember Sandy? Our Sandy just turned over right. and moved to the to Atlantic Atlantic right. City. And, yes, we got it. But it was, it's like a friction, what is supposed to that's be. That's right. It's Baruch Hashem, Chazdei Hashem, that's what, what's supposed to be. You know, that it's, that's, and it's true that when we, and I remember sitting here in the studio here and encourage people, say Tilim, say Tilim. Remember, I know, you remember, we, yeah. we, we spent here like, I don't know, like 72 hours in this yeah. studio, standing, uh, uh, working non-stop, just saying Tilim and Baruch Hashem. But I, it's really my art, it, it's, it's, it's you know i i i cannot and i you know i cannot uh, express my feeling to see that to look at other people suffering it's so hard and it's very hard it's very t- tough you know and and it's you know what and it's it's just it just gives a whole new context to rokaha arts alamain it gives a whole new context so you know what new york is you say it can't happen because of torah you're right but new york has more water than any other city in the country. We have so many places that are surrounded by water. You have Long Island, you have Manhattan, you have you have Staten Island, you have Brooklyn is surrounded the three are Brooklyn Queens yeah. surrounded all water. And 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 you know what? And Texas is not this area of Texas is not a flood zone. It's not a flood zone. It's not, they're not prone to floods. No, not at all. Not <laughs> at all. Louisiana, a little up the, up the East Coast. 
But over here, I don't, I've been to Texas. It's, it's dry as a bone. You go there in the summer, you could like you die from the heat. But but it's it rained to, um, for the whole month. It rained, so the ground was full. And then this and forty six inches. No, fifty two. Fifty two inches. Fifty one. in certain places. Well, I, you know what this means. Fifty, even forty nine, even forty. It's it's a four foot. You know, it's, and, it's, it's, and we're talking. We're talking about. Talking about the, the the everything's swelling, everything's coming up, and 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 you know it, it's 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 an and Milisha and and I'm just nervous. I'm nervous that every time I hear, you know what, I'm nervous that that this is the time in our politics where the Jews somehow. Will get blamed for something. This is the the dynamic of how how that whenever a disaster like this happens, whenever something like this happens, that's the first thing I'm worried about hearing. That something something to do that 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 the Jew will be blamed for something. So when I hear about Hatzalah members that are running down to help, and I hear about Jet One these these airvac. Jewish companies that are running down. Then I sigh. I say, Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. I had something I want to say. It's so amazing. I took an Uber this week. And this guy is from Haiti. And he told me he used to drive in Manhattan. Now he drives in this area, Flatbush. So he says, the Jewish people are so nice. And they're so good compared to Manhattan. I love driving in this area. He says, it's so nice. Then he tells me, he's been in America for like 30, 30 years. So he tells his mother in Haiti, you know, I drive now in a Jewish area and everybody's nice to me. So his mother says, of course. She says, you don't even know when they had the earthquake in Haiti. We were buried. I was buried in the house with his grandmother for a day and someone was digging, digging them out and they didn't understand what language they were speaking. They couldn't figure out what language they were speaking. And when they finally came with the light of day, she said she saw the Jewish star on their arms. They were Israelis. She was Israeli Jewish people came to Haiti, dug your whole family out. She was, these are God's people. And this is when you see, this is when you see, it's, it's, it's you know, the, the opportunity to do Kiddush Hashem is, is we have to, we have to, Show our sensitivity. We have to teach our children sensitivity. Kids, we have to look at these pictures and we have to feel bad. I, I you know what? I don't think that a Jewish person can can, can think differently. I think that it's in our in our gene to feel sorry and to feel sympathy with all this. Weak people and this, the the people are suffering. You but know, the, you know, the, you're right. But the problem is, and this is a very big problem that we have to understand: children who watch movies and watch Hollywood productions have no ability to differentiate between real tragedy and fake tragedy. They see on TV or they see in a movie people drowning and people falling off buildings and it's an actor and four days later they see the guy in another movie and they have to differentiate between the 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 
insensitivity that they get from watching fake movies and the reality of life. When you see, they, there's, they, I, 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 we, you, you see kids are exposed to so much and they're so unsensitive to pain and so unsensitive to emotion because they see people acting it out all the time. And they 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 don't they don't they don't think it's real. Yeah, this is I I would say that's that's why um, it's it's a you know the control of the things is about TV and internet. We're losing our. That's why we call it the I generation. Right. I I I become a single person, and that's it. You know the famous story in uh, South Korea. You know with the, with the you, you right. know the story. Yeah, the guys died. The the baby died. The baby right. died. You know? There was a man that died. He was playing a video game for four days, and he died of starvation, dehydration. You know, but it, it was a young couple that they played with their virtual reality for three days, and they forgot the baby. Right. They forgot the baby. And, you know, South Korea took it upon themselves to create the genius's generation. Right. You know, really. Meanwhile, and, their neighbors are North Korea, and one minute the Meshuggah up there could just like, you yeah, could but, take all their geniuses and fry them like chickens. Yeah, but he, he, they, they took this, you know, and they, first of all, in the curricula, they have Gemara, you know, they have Talmud over there. And they, they brought the fastest internet in the world over there. It's everything, every every house has an internet, everything is... It's wireless. Everything just uh, the, I Japan is the second in the world, but now they realize that people become addicted to this and just out of of they the reality. Lose reality. Lose reality. Yeah. And this and is uh, if, you know they took to take out our head and the salute to our uh, rabbanim and our leaders that insist not to give our children this uh, stuff. So on the subject of media. So I, I want to say an opinion that I have. I never, never said it outright, but this is what I feel very strongly. So if a person wants to know what the real danger, what needs to be eliminated, and what the most dangerous element of TV is for kids, or when... A, when a child or when an adult gets addicted to a show with a series that's a week-to-week thing where they're living the life of the show and they're waiting to see what happens next and their characters and they identify and it becomes their whole their whole machshava, their whole thought, that is absolutely the worst, worst deterioration that you could have because the child is... Is totally the adult is totally identifying, and they start t- picking up the mannerisms and picking up the attitudes. Kid watches a cartoon here and there. Kids watch sports. Kids watch a, a sitcom that's like an old sitcom that they, that has like a week to week episode, and that's like not related one to the other. But these but these serial shows that are that are seasons and 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 and, and, and go and, and they. they Wrap people up and, and, and survivor and this and it's 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 so dangerous. It's so dangerous. And and you know, you can watch cooking shows. You can watch this. You go silly things that are entertaining. If you kid needs stimulation, watch a football game, watch a basketball game. But when you get into the get into the the storyline where it becomes 
the way you think and you're waiting. You, 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 I know someone doesn't go to a chasana because they don't want to miss their show. Hashem Yerachem, help yeah. me, please. <laughs> this is this is this is like you know. You know I, I tell you, I, I maybe maybe I'm I'm a different character, but I, in the minute that I feel in my life that something grabbed me, and I feel like I, I it's 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 create me, give me uh, something that I I want to do it very very strong. I just back up, right. I back up, you know, and so many things. I feel like it's I become an addict, and, and that's it, no more. It's like something that's taking over your body, you you your free will. Right. I don't want I don't want nobody to take my free will. No, nothing's gonna Nothing. own me. Right. Except right. me. You know, I I'm doing what I'm doing, and I'm I'm doing a lot of crazy stuff. But I'm doing it because my free will, not because right. somebody uh, something inside to me, or you know, just from outside exterior would tell me, oh, watch this this series, watch this, do you this. You have to see this. Yes. What does it mean you have to see this? Yeah. I have to eat, I have to sleep. These are things I have to do. I don't have to see this. And if if I didn't see it, so it's going to happen to me. But you know, Nisif, you bring up a very, very important point that I had a discussion with somebody this week. That someone came over to me and told me that over summer they had a kid that was very bullied. And it bothered them. They didn't know what to do about it. It was one kid came over to me to tell me. And he was very, very upset. He says he doesn't didn't know what to do about it. So I walked over to the kid's father and he said, Listen, my kid came over to me and told me that this was going on. And I want you to know. So he goes, Well, what should I do? So I said, Go over to your kid and ask him if there's something that you could do for him. Is there something do you want me to do something about it? In other words, the kid should know that you're available to help him with the situation if he needs. But if he doesn't want, if he wants you, if he's ready to leave it alone, then you could say, okay, I'll leave it alone until you want me to do something about it. Now, the thing is like this. The key is, you tell, if the kid says, I can handle it, I'll handle it, I want to handle it, that's fine. But if the kid says, I have to handle it because I have no choice, you want to tell the kid you do have a choice. You do have a choice. You don't have to handle it because there's nothing to do. There is something to do. If you want, I'll be involved. If you want, I'll intervene. If you want, I'll speak to them. I'll take care of it. If you want to handle it on your own and you want to try it, then you know what? I empower you to try that. But at any given moment, like a button, you want to leave, just press the button and I'll be there to take care of it. And truth is, that's the middle ground. That's the middle ground. You don't want to baby a child, but you want to tell the child that you have this escape. The second it gets too much for you, and the second you feel you can't handle it, you press the button, I'm there, I'll, I'll step in. And I think that's the very important to all, every person that he, he knows that he has some backing up, you know, right. backing up. And for the parent, be smart and secretly, on the side, do what you need to do to resolve the situation. And you be on top of it and you make sure that you know what's going on. You find out, and there are ways of finding out. Find out what's really happening and you find out from the camp, from the yeshiva, from the, what the situation was. And if there's something that you need to do without your kid knowing about it, you do it. And and the truth is, I did. Because when I heard about it, I called up 
I said, are you aware of the situation? And I spoke to the people, and I was very happy to hear the response. They said they were aware of it, and they dealt with it, and they were dealing with it. And they knew more than I knew, and they were on top of it, which was very important. And the kid didn't tell them. But what oh. happened was other kids came to the Rebbeim, and other kids brought it up and said, we really, we really weren't, we, we couldn't handle it. And what they did was they told this kid at the end of the summer, they called him in, and they said, we want you to know we're not taking those kids back next year, so don't worry. We mm -hmm. couldn't throw them out in the middle, Yes, but we're not taking them back. We told them already that they don't have a place here, so you shouldn't worry, and you do. So with the right talking and the right dialogue, you could resolve the problem. So now the kid's not worried about next year. He's not worried about his camp experience being ruined. And he, he, he can relax. And the kids were not from his school, so he's okay. He's okay. But uh, anyway, I would say that uh, these kids that was the bull, the, 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 the buller, yes. <laughs> As to as to to address it, you know the issue about it. That so I know that it's not so easy for the especially in the camp. The problem, the problem is very often I find when you have a kid who has character flaws like that, you speak to the parent. A lot of times, the parents have responses that are very similar to the kids. To the kids, yeah. What are you telling me, my kid did that? <laughs> what are you really? What are you, what are you serious? What are you really? Okay, you know what? Yeah, okay, no, we, we know this, you know. So, so I had once a situation where a kid was was acting out in that way, and I said, I called in a parent, he's very sensitive, I'm a pretty sensitive guy. I said it, and always with respect. I said, you know, I want to help your kid, and this and that. And, you know, I don't want him to grow up to be like that, you know. Be. So the father's response was, Apparently, you don't know how much I donate to this yeshiva. <laughs> so I said, you're right. I don't know. Because the first thing I did when I became principal was I had my computer taken off the network. So I don't have any tuition files. I don't have anything updated, any financials. I just have whatever I put on my computer. That's what I had on my computer. So I wasn't part of the network. I didn't know anything. I didn't know who was what and what was where. And we had uniforms, so everybody wore the same ugly gray pants and blue shirts. <laughs> and I couldn't. They didn't wear the labels on the outside, so I didn't know whose whose blue shirt was Lacoste and whose blue shirt was J.C. Penney's or or or, or 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 Robins. Yeah, and that that was that. But. Uh, <laughs> So now kids have to they, they get anxiety. They have to wear a Ferragamo belt and 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 and, and Bruno Mali shoes. And it's like oh, you know names. I don't know the name. <laughs> yes. I told you the story with my son when he come back from ninth grade. He went he, he went he went to a very very exclusive yeshiva, and the, the the kids over there very very rich. And I saw his face. I saw his face very very. You know, like tense, and I ask him, Ovadia, what's going on? What's going on? And I know what is white shirt and black pants, right? right? <laughs> Who knows what he, what Gucci, Mucci, all yeah. these uh, names? I never knew about it. <laughs> and he told me, I, Abba, I, I don't know, my shirt is so. I said, listen, Ovadia, 
tomorrow I'm going to put you on the initial and shirt and OLF. I said, Abba, what is this? I said, I told him, Ovadia Lazari fashion. This is you. You create the fashion. They don't don't follow other people that you know walking like like I don't know dummies about this this company or this company or checking. You know, I saw people checking the the tie, turning over the tie to see what manufacturer is it. Right, made so, in China. Who care? So you know I, what is what I, is this? So I took a kid and he told me he wants Dolce Gabbana, uh, the certain thing. So I said, Do you know who Dolce Gabbana is? So I Google them. I show them. These are the people you want to wear their clothing. Hashem Yishmor. Listen, I have nothing against them. Yes. But they're not exactly the most normal couple that I would like to think. So th- this, these misfits are designing your clothing? That's what works for you? I don't know. I don't know. I think that... Uh, and, and you think that the, the cow that they killed to make this belt is any different than the cow that they killed to make that belt? I don't think so. Maybe it came from the same cow. <laughs> But uh, it's very, it's, it's very funny, you know. But it, this is this is something that uh, I, I don't. Again, I'm not in the. I, I'm not fashion. In, as a, I learn even. I learn design. I learn in the university, and I know the power of the PR, and I know the power of the pressure that society, society and looking at people for the brand name and stuff for like this. And I don't say that some sometimes quality is is, but it's issue. Right. But I'm telling you. To get a belt for four thousand dollars or small pairs for fifteen hundred dollars, I'm not exa- exaggerating. You know, a shoes for I don't know a, a couple thousand dollars. This is nothing. Nothing. It's it's not normal. But you know, for a kid, shoes for a couple hundred dollars is ridiculous because yes. they grow out of them. They grow out. They 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 know they don't care about the shoes. They're playing with this f- f- uh, soccer. They're playing with this football. They're playing with this. You know, even but even you know this. something. On the other hand, when I became principal of yeshiva, so my boss gave me a thousand dollars and told me to go buy three suits. Okay, three suits. One, you go, you should go to Emporio. By the way, anybody, Emporio, I only shop in Emporio for one reason. Every time I have a hatan who needs a suit, and I'm, he's maybe, okay, I shouldn't say this, then he's really going to run to him. He helps out a lot of people in a beautiful way with Kavod. He's a beautiful person, David. But he told me, go get yourself three suits. So I just said, like, why should I get myself three suits? I went to another store that was selling suits for $90 each. <laughs> so I got, I got 10 suits, and I had change to get $7 ties. <laughs> <laughs> and I walked into Yeshiva, and he took one look at me, and he said, you didn't get three suits. I said, no, I got 10 suits. He goes, mm-hmm. right. But the 10 suits that you're wearing don't look like I want you to look. There's something about quality. You didn't tell me to buy seven, eight, nine hundred dollar suits. Why don't you give me three hundred dollar good suits that will make me look my was heavy, make me look mental. But there's nothing wrong. You shouldn't dress like a schlump. But there's nothing wrong with feeling good. In no, right? no. This I said this a matter of issue. But I'm talking about really the, the items. I'm not. I know that suit as as quality, also shirts. Right. But you know, 
you always can find shirts and sales and the good quality and all these names i i don't i i believe me i my kids knows better hundred percent better than me but i'm i'm looking about this people become crazy brain names brain names really you know? crazy and I, I, I I'm telling you when yeah. somebody flipping you over the tie to see what brand name is it it's ridiculous it's really ridiculous. it's really ridiculous you know I I see I see la- special ladies that don't have nothing to wear if you open this the, the, the closet you see uh, Macy's and uh, Jesse Penny and Loder Taylor all together in you see in the in the closet True. and they don't have nothing to wear right And all the shoes you know but and you see how mu- how much is is spending on this i I don't know I really i I, I think it's 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 you know it's something that we have to take in consideration because we're teaching our kids you know God forbid God forbid look look what happened now in Texas I'm not talking about it's look at this the the most richest people over there that the, the demolish nothing nothing left what is people going now? With the t-shirts it's it's more than that we of all people the Jewish people we left so many times over and over and over and over again my grandparents my grandmother last home in Morocco her family was one of the richest families they left to go to Yerushalayim in 1919 they left they sold it my grandmother was 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 was, was cleaning and To, to 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 support my grandfather was sitting and learning but it, it, you understand this text no I don't understand this text. okay the text that sent us about uh, this we we are really waiting for your phone calls or your questions or your remark or any idea so please give us a just more clear and clear right to clear the the text ah So he wants to know about someone who drools when they're sleeping this is what he's asking um get get it get change your pillowcase <laughs> I don't know while you're sleeping it's, it's but you you was sleeping you are you're prof- yes but but it, it just that's not like that's that's not a disorder but I'm not, I, I, I'm not gonna answer sleep questions right now but um but I want I wanted I wanted to I wanted to just finish about about okay. clothing and about property okay we don't get attached to property Jews don't get attached to property and it, the, the Jews from Iran left their property came Jews from Syria left Jews from Morocco Jews from Iraq Jews from Egypt this beautiful 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 person I pray with every day Mincha. he says we left Egypt 1967 we left everything we came we came we They had a house they lived in 30, 40 years. It was their place. It was their backyard. The trees they planted, they left. We don't get attached to property. Clothing, we don't get attached. The biggest, Rahman Ali's son, the biggest, most fancy houses in Europe were the ones the Nazis went to first to make the Gestapo headquarters. They picked the biggest mansion in the city. It was always a Jew's house. And those are the first ones they killed to take the house. We don't get attached. No. We don't get attached. And so if it's clothing this and that it's nice to have nice clothing but bottom line is the end of the day or coming into Yomadin kids that's why uniforms good yeshiva boys dress like you dress it's a beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing 
I see you shooting boys walking the street with a hat and jacket. I feel nobody check your jacket. Nobody I love check it. your. I just see every kid, every kid looks looks like a Ben yeah, Torah. Yeah, Who yeah. cares? Okay, okay. We, if the Gucci Mucci uh, shirt or um, Barabana, I don't know what is this. <laughs> <laughs> this name. Now they have the hats. They have the hats. Oh, but, oh God. I'm telling you, if if we teach our children to be really, it's it's one if, step at a time, you know. And uh, don't even just emphasize all this kind. Okay, yeah. uh, doctor. That's it. Addict. Okay, we are already Have a good done. We are week, good. everybody. Okay, thank you. Thank you for coming. Back. I am so happy to be back. Okay, and we are really and Bezalel Hashem. We'll see next uh, next week. Thank you. Thank you.